Welcome to the Sustain UW podcast, a place for sustainability conversation, expert interviews, and news hosted by student interns from the UW-Madison Office of Sustainability. We want to know, what's up with sustainability and where should we go from here? Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you that the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the views of the Office of Sustainability, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Now, let's get into today's show. Hello everyone, my name is Rose. And I'm Gigi. And today we're here to talk about fast fashion. To discuss more about sustainable alternatives to fast fashion, we are in the studio with John Cobb. John is the Associate Director of Retail Operations at St. Vinny's here in Madison. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, John. Could you start by telling us about yourself and your position at St. Finney's? Sure. Thanks for having me to start. Um, yeah, as you know, my name's John Cobb, Associate Director for St. Vincent de Paul. Um, I am born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I currently live in Sun Prairie with my family and my two wonderful kids and wife. Um, but what's what brought me to St. Vinny's? Well, like I said, I grew up in Madison. So after a little brief uh, stitch with some art, uh, I applied to work at St. Vinny's. Started working on the donation dock. Before you knew it, I just got caught by the Vinny's bug and climbed all the way to the top as far as going from donation attendant to clerk to assistant manager to store manager. Um, then I ran our processing center for six years, which I'm sure I'll talk about in a little bit here. And then recently just took on the new role for associate director of retail operations, which means um, me and my uh, senior director oversee the operations of all seven of our thrift stores, our processing center, our home pickup program. All that kind of fun stuff. So what inspired you to start working at St. Benny's? Oh, man. I, you know, you just hear St. Benny's and you want to go running, right? <laughs> but definitely local nonprofits. Also, how we help the community through our programs, like our housing programs for men, uh, Port St. Vincent, as well as our food pantry that is currently averaging over helping 200 families a day. So this is these types of things are a huge feel-good for me. Um, so it's really cool to be on that side of it, too. And what are you the most proud of uh, so far with your work at St. Vinny's? That's a tough one because we do so much. Um, I think that my impact in really helping the systems and the efficiencies of St. Vincent de Paul, um, seeing not only our revenue grow in sales because of um, me helping and being a part of that team of management, but also my purpose with the recycling, all the revenue that I generate through that. Um, I mean, one of my biggest achievements for sure at Vinny's is achieving a million dollars in revenue for recycled stuff last year. So that was a huge thing for me, and it was a proud moment, but again, not to shy away from our wonderful programs. Yeah, you all are doing such great work, and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you're doing more than just the thrift stores. Like, I didn't realize there was a food pantry and like, all the other areas that you all reach. Yeah, and I think that's something that's kind of a disconnect. You know, I think that, um, that people that are long-term St. Vinny's shoppers, they're aware of it because we're blasting it in our stores and our advertisements. But when it comes to, let's say, youth or you know, college students that maybe just they're just heading to Dig and Save to catch that trendy stuff at a deal, they might not realize where their dollars are going when they're spending money at St. Vinny's. I think that all that we can do to bring connect our customers to our mission is really important to us. Yeah, and we hope this podcast can kind of reach the college students, you know? Absolutely, for sure. 
Just to touch on how you were talking about the recycling aspect, could you explain a little bit more to our listeners the process of like when you receive the donations and then kind of like how sure. it gets on the floor? Because I feel like I assume that if there was a donation that you all didn't use, it would just end up in the landfill. Yeah, you know, I can kind of go through the loop. So when you donate to Vinny's at one of our seven area thrift stores or through our home pickup program, um, those donations will come right back to our processing center. That's actually what separates us from our competitors um, is that we centralize process versus on-store processing. All those donations come back to our processing center. We have a huge production crew that goes through those donations and decides what's good enough to sell in our regular thrift stores, what maybe is not the greatest, and we'll hit our outlet store where things are sold by the pound, or if we need to decide to make that avenue to recycle and waste. So that's kind of the, the nutshell of it, but once uh, it does get to the PC, we team we have a team that'll price, tag it, send it back to the thrift stores for resale. The thrift store staff will put it out on the shelf, and then it can be up for grabs for anywhere from uh, customers or to our clients that come in through um, through our services for clothing vouchers, emergency vouchers, or furniture vouchers. So, I mean, we also not only have sale clothing for sale in our thrift stores, but we also provide it for free through our voucher program. I did not realize. Rose and I were able to tour your facilities, and I, I forgot about the voucher system, and that's also absolutely yeah to keep everything yeah. affordable and accessible. So with the clothing that you don't put out into your stores or through the voucher system, where does that clothing end up? Well, are you speaking of the the clothing that just ended its shelf life in the stores or the stuff that's just the lower quality? The items that don't pass for even selling by the pound. So technically at the end of life stage. Sure. So how we refer to uh, that clothing is salvaged clothing. So once it reaches its end of its life, um, as you guys saw when you toured the processing center, we'll actually take that clothing and we will bale it into about a thousand pound bricks. And then we will sell it by the truckload of an average of about 44,000 pounds. And then that clothing will be, be put on the market, in which case typically it makes it to third world countries for obviously for the right reasons. Then it can make its way into textile recycling, like they make insulation out of denim. There's certain things that they do with silk. There's all different types of recycling that happens with the clothing. But unfortunately, that's not something that we take part in. We actually just sell the clothing to people to put it into the industry of salvaged uh, textiles. Which I feel like is just a great note to our listeners that if there is an item of clothing that maybe you personally don't think reaches those quality standards to mm-hmm. still donate to St. Vinny's because it's helping run your operations, but also it's not ending up in the landfill. It has like one more chance. Salvage clothing, you know, don't get me wrong. We we want all the donations that the community give us within the standards of our do not take list and the things that might burden our operation. But on the opposite spectrum of that is that all gently used clothing or worn clothing, we definitely want, obviously we want to stay away from the soiled item, heavily stained or not reusable. Um, But so much of just maybe worn clothing can even have a chance at our dig and save outlet, you know, so we want these items. But again, let me emphasize that we definitely don't want the dirty, we don't want the soiled. When you donate to St. Vinny's, we hope that you donate with the intention of helping us generate revenue for our local nonprofit um, programs. That's huge for us. Of course, we understand when there's things that are kind of mixed in, but uh, we don't want to become that waste facility. And uh, where can people find 
those lists of do donate versus don't donate. Oh, yeah. ShopStVinnies.com, of course. And you mentioned that it can burden the store. Can you touch a little bit on what happens? Oh, sure. Like if we receive an item that maybe we can't resell in our thrift stores? Yeah. Yeah. So that's unfortunately where the waste and recycling aspect come into things. Um, so let's say somebody were to donate us a tire. That is something that is a cost towards uh, to us. And uh, that actually negatively impacts our organization. The same thing with, you know, certain types of chemicals, batteries, um, hazardous materials, um, just it's hard to say common sense in this, but <laughs> but, you, but you want to help the public in this and help them understand that when you're donating, think about the resellability and the desirability in our thrift stores. You know, think about it like this. When you were to, in reference to student move out, when there's tons of furniture, we love furniture. It's an awesome attraction in our thrift stores. But when you got that uh, particle board desk that's really wobbly and if you push on it, it's all going to collapse, that's something that we probably would want to avoid touching just because it's uh, getting it from point A to point B. But obviously then when it comes into you know the dressers, the couches, the, the recliners, these things are this is a, this is a huge thing. So everything kind of its, has its limits of quality. And going off of that, is there a way for like students who may not have a car? You mentioned your pickup program, like during move out, instead of just tossing it on the curb. But if, if it is a nice piece of furniture, is there a way they can still donate to you if they can't transport there? Yeah, absolutely. In past student move out, uh, or as we call Hippie Christmas in Hippie Madison, Chris, of course, yes, <laughs> <Christmas>. <laughs> we've dropped donation trailers in certain areas to to help um, students with that. Because of the pandemic, things kind of shifted how we were doing that. We, but of course, I'm going to refer people to. To our free home pickup program. Um, it's really easy to, to give a call. It's actually 608-278-2920. Call Shout that out. number. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, our wonderful receptionist will explain how it works, um, how we'll help you with that donation, and how we can get it to the thrift stores um, as fast as possible. Everyone keep that in mind in August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of things that come to mind with that is, you know, um, not only is it student move out, but there's things, there's purges that happen. Maybe you guys are hitting spring break and we'll notice a little uptake. Um, or around the holiday seasons, heading home, coming back, making room for your things that you got for um, for Christmas. It, it's interesting to see the waves of donations that they come in based on the seasonality of the year. Um, it's always interesting. It's like right after New Year's, boom, here comes the holiday donations. I can't have enough Santa in my life kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like when we start talking about Thanksgiving, here comes Halloween, you know, so it's it's a big rush. And speaking of that, with the different holidays that are coming up that y'all might be practicing, maybe try and get your decorations at St. Finney's or other thrift stores instead of buying them brand new. Absolutely. I mean, just to reference that, we open up our holiday shop November 1st, in which case we push out almost 300 pallets of Christmas between all of our six thrift stores. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Santa <laughs> threw up all over your stores. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool because not only is you're getting the discount because you're shopping resale, mm -hmm. but you're not going and you're not fueling this stuff that is just... It's like impulse buys with mm -hmm. Christmas. Believe me, I love my decorations. I love even having decorations in my house because of my kids. We live in a consumer society where it mm. is like we're hardwired to get endorphins and feel happy <laughs> and excited when we do those impulse buys and For when sure. we buy along trends and stuff. And so 
when that happens and then you buy something and then it only lasts for a little bit, like you were talking about earlier, yeah, yeah. it all ends up in the landfills. Yeah. Um, and it's also taking those like virgin resources um, yes, that absolutely. are all limited, um, yeah. even if it's a regenerative one. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. you, if you don't take care of it, then it's well, not regenerative. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of have to look at the, at the negative of that, too, because so much of what's in let's let's use the word, you know, department store or, or big box is plastic based. Yep. You know, there's so much plastic between the kids toys and the kitchen items and the bath items. Um, it, it's it's unbelievable. You know, when we when we go through these items and we resell them in our thrift stores, you'll we'll actually have aisles where there's just tons of plastic cups and plastic mm-hmm. plates and we're we want to repurpose this. We want to get it back to the community. Um, but also for me being you know, all for the environment and seeing how that is. I'm like, can we buy a, you know, a, a glass plate? Can we yeah. buy <laughs> so yeah. it's frustrating, but it's really great to be part of something where we actually will repurpose it and make sure that uh, we can stop as much of that rebuying um, as possible for. Speaking of plastics, it's even in our clothing. Like, oh my gosh. When we buy those fast fashion brands, which. I'm wearing polyester yeah. right now, bro. <laughs> like, like every, <laughs> everyone does it. I, I've done it. Um, <laughs> This is not to shame anyone for buying no. fast fashion. We're college students for for sure. I mean, obviously, I think all of us would prefer to rock a hundred percent cotton yeah. t-shirt. It feels better. It washes better. It's nicer. But in the grand scheme of things, if you go to any store and buy clothing, or even just events that people have where they're offering clothing like band t-shirts or you. UW t-shirts exactly, you know yeah. it's all oh, that's, that's just from unsustainable sources with bingo. fabrics that have microplastics from exploited workers yep exploiting the environment like those are all the reasons why we don't want to buy fast fashion brands mm-hmm. um but like on along the sustainability line we also have to think about like our pockets and um when I was doing a research uh, paper for one of my classes, I found this behavioral model. It's by B.J. Fogg. And he said that in order for like a behavior to change, mm-hmm. there needs to be a motivation, a prompt, and the ability to change. Sure. And I feel like a lot of times, I know for myself, it's I want to buy sustainable fashions. I want to buy local. But mm-hmm. when you buy a sustainably produced item, the cost is higher because it's internalizing all of those costs instead of making sure. some poor garment worker pay for it with unfair wages and mm-hmm. unsafe working conditions or making the environment pay for it. Um, and that is why for me, I love thrift shopping so much is because it is kind of a loophole where mm-hmm. unfortunately as a college student and with the budget that I currently have, I can't afford to buy upfront sustainable items Mm. and honestly maybe it's not even the best approach because it's still buying something that's made new but i love that i can buy things secondhand and still be able to afford them and know that like even if it was produced originally unsustainably i'm not supporting that company or that production Mm -hmm. stage i'm just adding life to the garment so that a new version of it doesn't have to be 
essentially made. Absolutely. And I think that's the the whole run in thrift shopping, mm-hmm. you know, is that when you go there, not only are you looking at the same shirt that potentially thousands of other shoppers are looking at when you go to the mall, you can have your own style, which is totally 100%. what we support through St. Vinny's. But also, you're not supporting that industry, you know. The, the clothing itself has to go somewhere. And luckily, the thrift world is there to repurpose it at all different levels. When I go into Dig and Save recently, because I'm there all the time, between when I ran that thrift store to where it is now, the amount of college students that are in Dig and Save has grown (laughs) substantially. I mean, half of my apparel is from Dig and Save. Absolutely. (laughs) When I was there eight years ago, um, it was kind of like, who knows about it? It was a hidden gem. Mm -hmm. Is there people that are down and ready to get their hands a little dirty to find that deal? Um, But I think now that's becoming the norm because you're going through these bins and you'd never know what you can find. You're finding clothes from all over the world. That's the beautiful part about Madison is the diversity that we have here, that it actually feeds St. Vinny's as far as clothing from all over the world. So, you know, it's not just like we're just seeing Farm and Fleet and Walmart clothes. (laughs) You know, you're getting boutique clothing, you're getting stuff from, you know, all over. So it's just, it's great. As you were mentioning how more college students are coming to Dig and Save and it's becoming more popular, um, do you have any advice for people when they are shopping secondhand and how to keep this sustainable and not continuing to like overconsume? Well, I don't think I want to say that uh, avoid how much you come to St. Vinny's yes. and buy. <laughs> um, but I think that a good way of looking at that is that when you go to a thrift store and you're going to buy the things that you that, that you need, um, to stay focused to that. But also when you go to a thrift store, I mean, you're always going to find things that you don't necessarily need. But being sustainable well at a thrift store, I think you're already hitting that mark just because you're in a thrift store. But looking at the opposite of the spectrum of that is that start being open to things like dig and save. You know, it's looking at the at the lower quality items, maybe not the most highest quality items, and and starting there is definitely a good is a good start because that's where you're actually really affecting and keeping things out of that salvage. But also, <laughs> you don't want to be shy to the stuff that's that's picked out and and offered at our at our you know normal thrift stores like Willie Street or uh, or Dana Road where there it's on racks, it's priced, it's it, you're going to find those great deals there, and, and unfortunately. There is a level of consumerism you are going to have when you're going (laughs) to the thrift store for sure. I think that when people are reselling items and they're going to go ahead and repost it for resale, they'll catch it at a a dollar and they'll repost it for five. Of course, that's affecting the overall value and how the consumer can get it. But there isn't a lot we can do to kind of put up a wall against resellers. Mm -hmm. So knowing that somebody else is potentially middlematting items, sure, there's a negative behind that. But just to concentrate on the fact that when you're doing that through thrift, that even the money that they spent is going to help our local programs. It's just all about us keeping up with the consumer, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that we're getting the stuff out as fast as we can. But that's also in relation to donations. You know, we want to do all we can to get donations from our community to sustain the sales in our thrift stores, to make sure that it's it's staying high volume. So that's why we'll do events in the communities to get more donations. I think that we're a staple in the community as far as people know where our stores are at to drop off, but it's 
it's also important that people recognize it. Like I said earlier, we will come to your house and we will pick these items up for you. You know, um, we just ask that they're boxed or bagged and, and furniture and everything and we'll come and just grab it for you. Make it easy. So, I mean, I've heard stories of people that are like, go and donate seven times to our thrift store and then they see the sign that says free home pickup. They're like, <laughs> No, I'm tired. I yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's so useful to have that home pickup because I see futons and chairs and clothing just like thrown mm-hmm. on the side of the street. Yeah, it's And then it rains, it gets moldy, and then it goes to the landfill. Yeah, that's unfortunately that is a, a negative. Yeah, uh, yeah, and not everybody isn't as aware of how to keep things into reuse cycle. Mm -hmm. People are burdened by things when they quickly have to move and they're immediately like, just just put it on the curb. Someone will find it. Doing what's easiest for them. Yeah. Which is stressful. Move out's a stressful time. Yeah. Oh, I promise you. I get it. Um, But it's just to take that extra couple of minutes, think about it, Mm -hmm. you know, think about talking to, you know, open up a Facebook, you know, group chat and be like, hey, I'm running to Vinny's next week. Everybody put their clothes here and, and I'll take it. Just, you know, just kind of talk about that as a group and try mm-hmm. to help people recognize what what kind of income can be generated from the items that potentially you don't want anymore. I mean, like I said earlier, last year alone, we generated over a million dollars in the items that we are recycling and salvaging. That is a million dollars to go and help our community. That is a huge thing that we want to continue on. So it's just because we haven't sold it in our thrift stores doesn't mean that we can't generate an income off of that. It's specifically, let's say, in textiles. But there are certain things that can potentially go negative on that, but that's not something that we draw against. I think it's a big thing is that we just want to make sure to get as much donations as possible and uh, letting the community recognize that we're here for those donations. And I think with like move out, you're saying how Mm -hmm. it's you have this couch and you're having to move out the same day and it's there's no other option but to put it on the side of the road. Mm. Speaking to our listeners, if you are interested in cultivating more sustainable habits and potentially trying to minimize your waste within the consumer society that we live in, maybe plan ahead. If you live in an apartment, we all have a move out date and we know Mm. that ahead of time. (laughs) So potentially call the at home pickup a day or two before your move out and let them pick up the heavy (laughs) futon instead of having to shove it out of your door and put it on the side of the road. Um, So that it can go to generating revenue for a community instead of taking up space in a landfill. Yeah, that is a huge thing to recognize is that we we will not only help you with that donation, but where that donation is going to go and how, how quickly um, it generates a, an avenue for income for St. Vinny's. But to kind of touch base on that, too, that when it comes to the university, um, you know, I'm sure we'll be in works for next year of trying to get, figure out how we can get back on campus and try to get over this pandemic wave of kind of what throttled us of eh, being a little cautious of how we had an interaction with students, but uh, that doesn't mean that, uh, I mean, hey, Dig and Save's not too far away from campus. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) really not. Um, When talking about donations, um, Mm -hmm. our favorite question to ask was, what's the weirdest item that has ever, or maybe a few items that have been donated to St. Vinny's? Uh, Now, speaking directly (laughs) on this is that we receive 
anything and everything <laughs> from the community. So let your imagination take you there. But um, especially like house, anything you would see in a household or a business is, is what you're going to find through us. But there's a lot of things that we receive that potentially are like, why would you want to donate that? You know, like whether it's like, pepper spray or you know <laughs> things that's not good like well, no. I don't know, what are we gonna do with that in our thrift store <laughs> We're not it's, that. it's only a hazard um you know or just f- weird trinket things you know like or like um uh, taxidermy animals like oh, we, you know so it's, it's, like for me that's kind of weird i guess that's to some people it's like oh it's totally normal but to me i'm like okay i don't know what we're gonna do with that what do we price this as <laughs> <laughs> um but man it's it's all over the place it really is but the, again, don't let me deter anybody from donating to Vinny's. Um, just think about the resaleability and the desirability <laughs> in our thrift stores, you know. Um, but uh, everything, you name it, mm-hmm. it's there. They, they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also so much cool stuff that we get at Vinny's. Everywhere from the vintage toys. Oh, that stuff's cool. The 80s and the 90s toys. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Ninja Turtles and, you know, <laughs> Ghostbuster toys. Um, collectibles and the antique. Peaks are really fun to see, um, but also the clothes. Are you kidding me? The fashion that comes in through Vinny's and how it's all over the world. So fun. So fun. I was just at Willie Street the other day. I picked up five board games. I was like, hey, roommates, now we have Catan, Risk, (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. We actually have uh, a Cabin Fever event where we'll actually save a bunch of really cool, like, RPG games and, like, you know, more of, like, pricey board games. And then we'll save it for a certain type of time of year. And then we will kind of social media blast it and let everybody know it's there. And, man, it's so cool. Um, we do that a lot in Vinny's Madison is that we actually have store events, in which case we all have like the Badger Packer event. We'll just be tons of Badger and Packer clothing that we save throughout the year. Vintage toy, vintage kitchen, um, vintage kitchen being like the old, uh, you know, Pyrex dishes or the stuff that you would see in grandma or mom's kitchen <laughs> and, and or like American Girl vintage vinyl. There's so much cool sales that we do and we, we kind of put it all in one spot and that only caters to the collectors, but just the community in general, just to kind of really see what we have. And for listeners um, who are trying to follow you on social media, are you on all platforms or like where can they find Abs- like these marketing events? Yeah, events? absolutely. All of our thrift stores have their own Facebook pages. Um, we have Instagram, you know, and we have our website, shopsangvenues.com. We're very engaged in that. You know, we're, whether we're posting things that are in our thrift stores or awesome stories that are happening, it, it's it's awesome. Awesome. Everyone go give them a follow. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, you, we were talking a little bit about how you want high bulk in donations. And um, I was just curious, is there any particular items that you are in demand for or you would really appreciate seeing more donations of? Oh, well, we uh, love clothing. (laughs) Um, That is, I think, a huge, it's a big part of our business. But when it comes home to clothing, household goods, furniture, books, books are a big one right now, too, I think. Um, You know, these are all items that we want to receive. But when you you speak specifically on is there something in, in more that we want like currently no i think we want everything that people would notice uh, you know as a the thrift donation uh we want as much as we can receive because uh, we we want to be able to help our community because i can't uh, assure you enough that when donating to saint Vinny's, we turn that donation into into income for our local nonprofit programs 
which is is a huge part of it. And I know that we don't necessarily see that when shopping our stores. Um, you, you just see the cash registers and our mm-hmm. cashier. But the but if you are to look at us on social media or to look at us through our webpage, you'll see the amazing stories of how the families that we're helping, um, the programs, and how they're generating the support for our community. It's just that's a huge feel good. Yeah. And I think it goes along the lines of within the whole scheme of environmental science studies and sustainability, mm-hmm. there's an underlying trend of systems thinking and thinking about how everything is interconnected and everything impacts something else. And so the trends within the textile industry mm. you're finding is impacting the secondhand thrifting um, to such a specific level. So it's just like a great example of how impactful systems thinking is and how we need to, yes, change our own habits by buying things secondhand, uh, going to thrift stores, but still need to focus on broad picture systematic changes. Yeah. To to talk on that, kind of where you started with is that when clothing is trendy, it'll be the next year and we, our store is full of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's out of style, so let's yeah. go with, you know, leggings and like yoga pants started yeah. really becoming a thing. Oh, like I was, <laughs> when I started with Vinny's, that was not what was on the racks. Yeah. Now we have a lot of that yeah. on the racks. And they come in waves. Like yeah, I was wearing yoga fashion. pants in seventh grade. Yeah. Now I came back and well, everyone's wearing them again. Well, I mean, can we talk about the mom jean? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, right like mm-hmm. that came, that just popped back. You and know? low rise is coming back. Yeah. Or, or the high, or, you know, or the high hip. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, any rises in. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's a big thing, but it's also like, um, the oversized t-shirt is coming back, you know? know um there's so many different things or the cool trendy like 80s clothing you Mm -hmm. know the brand clothing that stuff's really hot too um and we're we're aware of that we're aware of what's trendy we um when i ran our processing center i was we had a we were constantly training our clothing production workers to understand what's trendy and we're Hey, this 1994 Badgers T-shirt. I know it looks rough, and it wouldn't <laughs> pass your quality inspection. Whoa! You could put the <laughs> highest price point on that, and it is gone. Um, versus, you know, an, an old T-shirt that's uh, it's just you know a regular brand. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be, being mindful of that when we're processing clothing is big too. And I think that's really big uh, for our listeners to know because another thing that came up in my research on fast fashion was that. Some people are deterred because they want to be trendy and they mm-hmm. want to keep up with the rapid changing fashion trends because it's interesting. It's new. It's fun. Yep. And so they think that if they go to a secondhand store, well, how are you supposed to find secondhand things of trending stuff at the moment? But it's not the case. Like, y'all are trained to put out trendy things. So Absolutely. that shouldn't be something that deters you. We actually recognize trendy and stylish clothing. We have two categories of clothing in our stores. There's the regular department and then there's our rendu clothing which yeah. will actually recognize that as a maybe more trendy or higher desirability. Yes, the price point does come with that but it's we're, we're, we're taking the time to point out that clothing's quality, recognize the style um, and, and get it to, to our shoppers. But that's what makes thrift shopping so awesome yeah. is that I get it. There's people that are going to go to the mall and they're going to drop 200 bucks on a pair of jeans. To me, what? Couldn't be one pair. Yeah, I was like, silly. <laughs> but I, I don't think we can stop that. But, mm-hmm. you know, what we can do is recognize that when you shop a thrift store, you have the ability to create your own style and yeah. still 
be trendy. Yeah. Think with like keeping up with trends. Mm -hmm. If that is something that brings you joy, maybe think about if you're starting a new trend, Mm-hmm. donate your old trend because it will come back. Oh, it's going to come back. It's yeah, going to no, come for back. Sure. You can come to Vinny's and rebuy that trend and yeah. it'll be at the discounted price, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, don't think twice uh, about giving that donation and helping keep the whole cycle of the reuse alive because the more that we continue to take single use items and the more that we continue to just buy things to just throw away later mm-hmm. on down, let's say just a month or two from now, you're not helping that. You know, you you want to buy things that are going to be in your cupboards for a long time. Um, unfortunately, clothing, we fall in love with it and we wear it until it yeah. turns into a rag. So, um, but there's so much clothing on the market that won't, that won't be a problem. But I think that having a big impact is kind of recognizing the materials that you're buying and what that purpose is. As a college kid, you're going to be able to, hey, you might be moving every year. Um, look at how, what you're buying and don't buy things that are, going to be difficult to move or that you're going to be frustrated with you know look at how you can sustain the things that you do have and not negatively impact the environment of course Vinny's and all of my wonderful thrift competitors out there we all have systems in place to deal with things in waste and recycling that's a huge part of us just like the city recycling and waste program but when it comes to what we're talking about here now is that how we can directly impact is just buy things within reason you know and when we're consuming things twice mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? money. And of course and if you're in the and if you got the shopping kick and you want to shop go secondhand go, go, secondhand. To, go to go to Vinny's so that you can see the fun stuff and also not be influenced by all the trendy yeah. stuff in the malls yeah. because there is so much product placement in those malls yeah. you know when you walk in and you're like it's just like it's hard to point fingers at the malls because malls are kind of like falling off right now yeah so much shopping that's happening right now it's is online yeah, I don't even want to say Which where is that worse, is yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I was like, they don't shopping. need a plug. No. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, that's the type of shopping that happens too, is that online shopping is so impulsive. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you're just buying things and then you get it and you're like, eh, should I go through the return process? Whatever. I'll give it to a friend or I'll give it to a charity, which is great. But also that's kind of not you're helping what we're talking about. Yeah, and- absolutely. Secondhand thrifting is another way that you can vote with your dollar. So the more people that buy secondhand instead of buying from fast fashion companies, Mm -hmm. the more the companies will start to realize, oh, we're not getting the revenue that we used to because people don't like the way that we produce our stuff. And that's going to make them change. They're not going to change unless they're forced to for an economic benefit. You know, it's kind of like a, a back and forth on that one, too, because you look at it as we want as much clothing donations as we can get to help sustain our programs. Mm-hmm. But we also want to be supportive and make sure that we're this is not a wasteful trend, that uh, it's not yep. negatively impacting our environment. I mean, that's the leading cause of why we're going through and how we handle our salvage clothing. Anything that can potentially create, recy- that we can recycle, not even necessarily um, recycle that is going to generate income, we'll figure out how we can recycle. I mean, the amount of cardboard we recycle the metal we recycle certain types of plastics glass all the different recycling that we're doing is happening at our level too so not only when you donate to Vinny's is helping the stores and it's helping the community but it's being environmentally friendly oh, but you have to weigh that out too because what's burdening your organization our organization yeah. by giving us items that we potentially would just go right to that stream that could be a negative on our costs and that kind of goes into like the waste hierarchy where it's 
um, thinking about continuing to donate and keeping that stream alive, but also thinking about buying things that will last and reusing yep. things that you have so that you don't have to be buying new stuff or relying on places like St. Finney's to do the recycling for you. And a big thing that I learned when I was in Israel and that has really stuck with me is that nothing is waste until it's wasted. Mm -hmm. And in the office, another saying that we really like is waste is a resource in the wrong place. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that really holds true when it comes to secondhand shopping and re reusing items instead of throwing them away or leaving them on the curb to get put in a landfill yeah and it, it's it's a sad reality that all things have to end up either not everything can be reused you yeah, know exactly, yeah. um and there are certain things that are honestly expensive yeah. to recycle the like a tv for example that is a, a, an old crt monitor you know the old Square. I don't even know how many people know what that or is it's anymore. Like a, yeah, like a big like, yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a reason why. Yeah. Like, e-waste is such a huge social issue. Is Absolutely. Yeah. You just send it to other countries where it's cheaper to deal yeah. with. And, and unfortunately, when there was some shifts in the market, that we saw that in thrift. Yeah. We saw when China changed a lot of how they were taking in recyclables and and how that and how that generated. Hey, we won't take that anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, what do we do with it? We want to make sure it's not going to landfill. Landfill is the option. It's like, what? What just happened? You know, so it's 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 unfortunate how things, decisions can be made and how that whole industry can be affected just by uh, we don't want that stuff or we do want that stuff. But again, referring back to the TV, it's really hard for the average consumer to see how some things they buy cost a lot of money to recycle mm -hmm. you know um what some certain types of electronics certain you know cell phones there's there's certain things that that the consumers there's so much of but then is there really any profit of profitability in recycling these items yeah, uh, and like that's what obsolescence too yeah it's like i wish we could figure out how to motivate people to create jobs to recycle all different levels of mm -hmm. things you know it's kind of like the solar panel thing yeah and like <laughs> tying back to the whole like systems of systems thinking approach like, sure it's an issue of starting at the production stage instead of having yeah. to fix yeah. it at the end of life stage um but that's a whole nother podcast yeah so everyone, please keep St. Vinny's in mind when you're trying to shop sustainably. Uh, follow them on social medias um, and make sure you're looking over that list before you donate of what you can and cannot donate. Yeah, absolutely. You can find that information on um, svdpmadison.org. Um, also, all of our thrift stores have their own Facebook pages. We have our own Instagram account. Um, and when it comes to the uh, do not sh uh, donations that you want to see, if do we take it or do we not, you can go on the website, see that too. You can also read about all of our awesome programs that, we're, that we have in the community. So absolutely. Awesome. Thank you again, John, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, so it was a blast. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll, man. It was fun. Thanks to the Director of Sustainability at UW-Madison, Dr. Missy Nergard, and to the Director of Sustainability Education and Research, Professor Andrea Hicks. Thanks also to the Nelson Institute for Environmental Studies and to Facilities Planning and Management for supporting this podcast. The making of these episodes requires a lot of behind-the-scenes work from the entire intern podcast team, and we are so grateful for their efforts. Until next time, continue thinking about how to best sustain UW.